Welcome back to the Pretty Good People podcast. My name is Sean Donahue, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Charlie Bird. He is a comedian local to North Carolina. Uh, Charlie, why don't you go ahead and uh, let everybody know what you do, where they can find you, and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Sean said it best. So my name is Charlie Bird. Um, yeah, I just started doing stand-up in about January, so I'm about six months in. Um, yeah, just um, from Wake Forest, born and raised, uh, lived here my whole life, you know, pretty much just always been doing their love comedy, just started doing stand up in January. Did you have any, uh, you said you're doing comedy, did you have anything during your childhood that kind of influenced you to take this route? Or is this something you just kind of picked up recently? Also, I mean, I've always grown up. I mean, my dad, I grew up with him always watching comedy. I mean, I've been around it my whole life. I've kind of, my whole family's been, I mean, I've always, I don't know, the whole family's got a great sense of humor. So I've always been around comedy and everything. And just like my dad, my mom's not got the best sense of humor. So I get my, my sense of humor from my dad pretty much. We always find the same stuff funny. You know, I grew up with pretty much watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, the Bernie Mac show all the time. Um, he would just have random specials on pretty much who I'd credit to get me into it, I guess. Yeah. I'm always liking it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. Cause like, I mean, we went to, me and Charlie went to high school together, but we, yeah. we really never even talked much in high. I mean, we really haven't talked much in general other than kind of no, recently pretty much when, just mutual friends. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was scrolling through Instagram one day and I saw your Charlie bird, Inst- uh, your comedy page. So I, clicked on it and checked it out i was like dude that's fucking crazy like this guy's taking the uh taking the step to comedy and i really respected that and so yeah after yeah. seeing that we kind of grew closer together and uh i thought why not have him on the podcast because that's for a crazy- sure yeah no i saw john had a podcast for people that are taking a leap into stuff they really have always had interest in and just doing it and i was like oh what the hell, man? You haven't asked me to be on your podcast, so. <laughs> yeah, well, guess number three, or no, number, yeah, we be number four now, so we're getting yeah. up there. Oh, yeah. Um, so you recently just graduated from ECU. What was your, uh, yeah, made, what was your major there, and how, how was, how was that? So, yeah, I graduated in May just recently. Um, I was a communications major, like interpersonal organization communication, so just talking to people. Um, I got a degree in that, so, <laughs> there you um, go. but yeah, yeah. that's kind of how, I mean, that's kind of, I guess what kind of got me introduced in really doing stand up. Cause I mean, my whole, I really got in the thick of it and everything pretty much in like junior, senior year, pretty much the whole thing was presence in front of people. And if you're not really comfortable talking in front of people, giving presentations the whole time, you're not really going to do what, and that has always been comfortable with doing. I know a lot of people struggle, but I've kind of always, I've always been kind of an outgoing person and I've kind of a little bit of a class clown. So, I mean, I never really, I mean, when I would do presentations and everything in college, it's kind of where I hit my stride. Like I've never been a good test taker, never been a great, you know, just sit down and do classwork, but when I actually would get up and just talk about the topic and everything like that, I kind of really hit my stride with that. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like, rather. yeah, it's kind of like this podcast. It's a little, a little yeah. nerve wracking at first. I'm sure it kind of relates to going up on stage at first where you get those kind of pre-flight jitters and then yeah, uh, you kind of start doing it and it just flows from there. Yeah, no. And it's still like, I've been doing it for, I mean, I guess yeah, six, seven months now. And I mean, I've done it plenty of times, like done it more times than I can count. And like, still, like, I'm just so nervous. Like, I've got all my stuff down. Like, I know what I'm going to say, but I'm just nervous as hell. Like, I'm about to go on, like, right when I get on stage, I'm fine. I like, like, first get on stage and I get going, I'm fine. And I realize, because you never really know, you're like, oh, my God, am I going to get on stage and just not remember anything what I'm going to say at all? But then, like, once I get on stage and get going, get my first laugh, then it's kind of smooth sailing from there. But just kind of the anticipation of everything is just, like, just watching other people go, watching other people go, it's just kind of like, oh, God, I'm going to screw this up. I'm going to screw this up. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. And it's kind yeah, of the same thing, presentations and everything. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to talk about that uh, later in this podcast about bombing and going on stage and having different experiences. But um, going, yeah, back yeah. To the, going back to the college aspects, uh, you, you think that the, the communications degree definitely helps build your kind of comedy career? Yeah. Um, like I said, pretty much 
for us, like, I mean, in my, my senior year, like the second semester of my senior year, I pretty much had one or two tests maybe that I would take and it's the rest of his presentations, pretty much just grading on everything like that and talking in front of people. And actually that's kind of how my last semester of college I had, he actually is a professional comedian and he is like travels around North Carolina, travels to Charlotte, travels to Wilmington, everything. And he started an open mic night in Greenville, which just kind of I started getting into comedy and actually fuck it and doing it, you know? Yeah, for sure. So let's, let's kind of switch gears towards your focus, which is comedy. Uh, what age would you say that you started kind of gaining an interest for comedy? So actually the first special or the first comedian I ever remember listening to, my first thing that I ever remember listening or seeing stand up, first thing that I can remember, I remember seeing Kevin Hart's I'm a Grown Little Man special when I was like 10 years old. I remember that. Dropping like, I looked it up actually. I was like dropping like 2009. I remember seeing it when I was 10 years old and just laughing my ass off. But I mean, so I guess you could say then, but um, I never really started being a comedy fan or developing a taste of comedy until like about 2015, 2016, around then. Um, I started getting into high school and started developing kind of a taste and narrowing down what comics I liked and kind of what comedy style I liked and everything like that. And uh, so during high school, I remember, I know you said that Kevin Hart kind of stuck out to you early on, but was he always a big influence or did it kind of change no, into high no. school? <laughs> no. So he was like the first that I remember seeing, you know, mm -hmm. he was like the first that I remember watching and everything, but then around like 2015, 16, I think I remember like the first comp comedians. I remember like seeing myself in kind of looking back on it, it'd be like Chris D'Elia like back then, I remember seeing his incorrigible special and being like, holy shit, this guy is funny. It's actually stuff that I really found funny and could kind of relate to, you know. And then um, and then Pete Davidson as well. I remember in 2016 seeing his SMD special and just being like, wow, this guy's 22 and he's making all these people laugh, performing in theaters and like that. So Chris D'Elia and Pete Davidson, I would say, were the first two comedians really that I would like see myself in, I guess, looking back on it. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, I mean, I kind of, I've still, I'm still a huge Chris D'Elia fan. And, um, I mean, I like Pete Davidson as well, but I kind of, once I started developing a real taste after that, I kind of recently have not been a Pete Davidson guy, to be quite honest. But, yeah. um, when I started getting into comics like Chappelle, Bill Burr, Tom Segura, and then it really just kind of took off all uphill from there. And then I've just found more and more comics I've liked still to this day. I mean, discovered more I like in like. Oh Yeah. I completely agree with that. Back back when I was a lot younger, I kind of was a sucker for like the Jeff Dunham, the Gabriel Iglesias, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the highly popular comedians. And then as I got older, I kind of gradually got into those Chappelle, Segura. Oh yeah, then you, the... I mean, you kind of just have like blinders on, I guess is a good way to say it. I mean, yeah, what I said, the first fucking Kevin Hart. <laughs> like he's yeah. the creme de la creme of that. So like, yeah, the first one, I, that's the first special I remember seeing and like laughing my ass off and being like, wow, this dude is making this many people laugh just talking like it's insane. Oh, Dalia is fucking hilarious. Yeah. I, I recently just got into him like very recently. And uh, I think he's got like three or four specials on Netflix. But I mean, they're yeah, all no, just hilarious. Yeah, I'm seeing him and um, I'm seeing him. Me and my buddy have got tickets. I'm seeing him October 23rd or 4th. He's coming to Deepak. Really? Yeah. I'm jealous. Like I just, uh, in the last month or two, I've seen uh, Shane Gillis and... Oh, that's, I'm very jealous. I was, I'm actually going to, yeah. Dude, Shane Gillis is hilarious. He's hilarious, He's so funny. I just I, listened to, just listened to the uh, Protect Our Part, him, Mark Norman, Ari Shafir on Rogan. Mm -hmm. Just listened to that recently. And that, oh my God, he's hilarious. Have you seen his Trump impressions? Oh, it's fantastic hilarious it's he's got like on. i think he did a i just actually today i went through like an instagram black hole black hole of uh shane gillis really and just like watching his like video yeah the um the trump speed dating video of him <laughs> so on his YouTube funny channel. You seen that? oh yeah. my god it's hilarious yeah well i i really hope he's kind of prepping for another special because i know he's got the one out on youtube um yeah but no, awesome. I, this new material that he's got is unreal like i was like tears in my yeah. eyes just hysterical the whole time 
and uh so i've seen him and then i saw ryan sickler i don't know if you i don't know if you know who ryan sickler is. yeah i know i was listening to sickler on uh tom sicker on two bears one cave this oh week. hell yeah he's on there yeah, yeah. i listen yeah. to him on i've never really gotten into his comedy i kind of just like i've always heard the name but i kind of just really noticed him on uh segura's podcast this week or last week one of those yeah he uh he fills in a lot for segura or for uh like Kreischer whenever um he's out of town uh his stand-up was pretty funny i recommend checking out his podcast it's a more kind of serious podcast um they kind of they kind of do deep dives on like people with really like crazy and traumatic stories and it's it's pretty interesting but he's a he's a really cool guy but definitely shane gillis was you know takes the yeah dude they were just talking about it like you see uh bird Kreischer's the fully loaded tour oh yeah doing yeah, I'm pissed off because they're not really coming they out came west. All around, they came because I mean it's Burt Kreischer, Shane Gillis, like um, Aaron Weber. He's mm-hmm. on Nate Bargatze's podcast. Oh, Aaron Weber's hilarious. Coming, oh, I love. Oh, I love. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I've seen and Nate. They were three coming times. literally all around fucking North Carolina. Like, yeah. They came to like three places in Tennessee, three places in South Carolina, and they went to like fucking Richmond. I was like, really? You're gonna come to all of these redneck places and then not go to? Fucking North Carolina. Well, I'm surprised they didn't go to uh like the uh Durham Bowl Stadium because they're doing a yeah, bunch of those. They're doing all like minor league baseball games. Yeah, and I remember uh a while ago Bert mentioning the Durham Bowl Stadium in the Two Bears podcast, and I was yeah. surprised to see that they didn't go out that way. But they aren't coming in. I mean, I'm in. I'm I mean, in... they had. I mean, that was like a fucking all star. They had David Tell. They had, they had Norman Carter Cruz was there like doing something like i don't know it just seemed awesome oh yeah dude that the lineup that bird's got for the fully loaded tour is unreal yeah just the videos they've been uh posting about it too yeah well i'm in southern california right now and they're like nowhere like none of the shows are coming like anywhere near me like i was they're gonna get canceled if they go near yeah that's true (laughs) well i'm joking no yeah (laughs) um so if you could trade places with any comedian back then and right now, who would it be? So back then, tough question, honestly. I was thinking about this one for a while. I went back and forth so many different times. I was like, that's kind of like asking me like what my favorite food is when I'm fucking starving, dude. Like no, it's true. So, there's so many different ones I would like to go. But I kind of narrowed it down to, I think I would, I think I would have to, back then, like in the, like early nineties, I would think I would trade places with Adam, a young Adam Sandler, like uh, just a young Adam Sandler, like seeing his videos when he was a kid, like when he was just starting out, I was like, okay, well, honestly, like my comedy is not that far from what he was doing when he was a young kid. Like who knows where it would take me. I probably wouldn't be in the route that he is, but just way back then I would love trading places with a young Sandler. That'd be awesome. Just like the life he lived when he was young, just how awesome that would be like at my age, like a 20. Yeah. That's um, a good answer. I, I, yeah. most people i don't think would say santa because i mean although he is in a lot of comedy movies most people don't remember him from his like oh, stand-up days yeah so i mean i've watched all of his like old stand-ups and they're great i mean i've he's got one special that's on netflix now that's hilarious i always show people that are just like oh yeah no sandler like i don't know he's like i'll say like sandler's like hilarious stand-up like he's underratedly good at stand-up and made like a billion dollars box office for his movies but like then people i'll say like if you've seen any of stand-up they're like no no no. and then i'm just like oh my god like just watch just go on youtube find go on a youtube black hole and it's like it's great like it's timeless oh he's a legend yeah absolutely uh you said right now who i would trade places with do you hear me yeah yeah i heard you oh okay right now Right now, I'd trade places with Mark Norman. Um, yeah. He's my guy. He's probably my favorite comic right now. Uh, everybody's probably my favorite comic right now. Um, I see a lot of myself in him. Um, like, he's recently just he's just blowing now in the past couple of years. And so, like, just recently blowing up and getting to go on all these, like, crazy podcasts, the fully loaded tour, like, with everything, like, doing that for the first time and going on, like, real big tour and everything like that recently like that just be such a cool time to be in 
Like I would just, and he's like, I mean, he's like upper thirties or whatever. I would just love to just, I mean, you got to appreciate the journey. You got to appreciate the climb to get to the glory. But oh, yeah. if I could just take what I'm just being an open micer right now, just right now and just trading places with him, it would just be a dream come true. It's just be life, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's like, just love his mix of comedy that he does. Just like his dark mix with his like, observational comedy. I love that. It's perfect. And then I also was thinking, I was like, also, I'd love to trade places with Shane Gillis. Like, he's kind of got the same vibe as Mark Norman right now. Like, just blowing up, just recently starting to get on these big tours. And I got, like, sweet. Yeah, I, de- I, I really like Norman because of his kind of quick jab comedy exactly. style. Because he's, I think he's from New York and he spent, as, as well as Shane Gillis. But Norman's just so good at one-liners and i mean being yeah. quick and on the spot like, and all those years bang, in new york bang, bang, bang. Yeah. He's seen his um his uh orleans but he's like he's always been in new york for like comedy like he's just always done comedy there he seems like a new york guy though like that's, i thought that too and then i watched like his the stand-ups thing and he's like yeah new orleans oh, oh yeah shit and i was like oh damn. Sense but um him. yeah um have you seen uh i found it on instagram it was just like a clip he posted and it's just when he was doing stand-up i think he was at the comedy cellar or something but he was just doing he just go on he didn't have any like material written out didn't have an act he's going on stage and be like yeah give me a topic give me a topic somebody said black hasidic jews oh yeah i remember seeing that left and right and left and right it was hilarious like, get him yeah, <laughs> yeah. man dude. you must have the curliest fucking hair of all time <laughs> yeah dude he's so quick at it he's so fucking funny shut 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 shalom <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i know you just said you've gotten into comedy within the past six months seven months but yeah have did you ever consider comedy as like a, a potential job i never really i've always been a fan of comedy like since as long as i can remember like i've always been a fan of comedy and like i saw myself in some comedians like i said i saw myself in chris Talia and like Pete davidson like 2015 16 but i was always kind of intimidated by it I wasn't smart enough to come up with material like original stuff, let alone I didn't know, like I just didn't think of myself as smart enough. I was like, oh god, like that's impossible. Like I could not do that. No way. And then I just really started. So, like, I mean, say the end of my junior year, so two years, I guess around two years ago, or last year, I just kind of I became a fan of comedy cut became a fucking comedy nerd just like all i would do is watch comedy my friends would get annoyed with me because all i would do is put on stand-up or like try and put them on with new guys like, you gotta see this guy you gotta see this guy they're like i don't give a shit and i was like that's all i would think about i would do girls would get annoyed with me because i would just like try and show them stand-up guys and everything and then i just started writing funny things down that would happen to me or like stuff i'd say that'd be funny like it would get a big laugh in front of my friend like everybody loves that moment when you'd say something funny in front of your friends, everybody laughs and stuff like that. Like, so I just kind of, every time that I would come into a situation that like I'd make people laugh with what I'd say, or like, I just come into a situation. One of my first jokes I wrote about, I wrote standing in line at Starbucks and um, uh, the library in college. One of my first jokes I wrote about Starbucks, just about like I was standing in line and there was probably 10 other people in line and they were all, girls like just ordering and they're ordering the same drink as me and i was like okay that that could be a funny joke and then like i was and then i had like another one of my first jokes i wrote just like at the gym intimidated by a guy just like straight up took a bench i was gonna work on i was like i'm not fucking so like then i started writing that and then kind of just like i said when i had that professor who was leading the open mic nights it kind of just all came to i was like okay well writing this let me just make it into a five minute thing rehearse it try to memorize it and then just do it you know and i've always like and i was like all right no one's gonna do it but yourself you know man like you want to work in eight to five for the rest of your life or do you want to do what you actually like you know oh yeah i completely feel that I've, i find myself oftentimes writing down like oh shit that'd be funny and i go to my notes yeah. app and i just write down the joke and like kind of how i'd word it on stage but i've i've yet to to exactly. take that material and organize it and get up on stage i would love to at some point but yeah, do it man I, so like yeah one of my um one of my roommates said when we started when i started just kind of writing stuff before one of my roommates that i live with he did the same thing 
like he just like always started writing stuff writing stuff and he never i was like always like dude come on let's get on stage let's get on stage like come on I'm like i'm doing it I'm like i'm i'm fucking doing it like come on like come on and he just still has it i'm just like dude what do you have to i just kind of looked at it, i was like what do i have to lose nothing like yeah if i care and suck and i hate it i hate every second of being up i'll never have to do it again but you know what kind of worked out so <laughs> why not try it yeah um so kind of going back to the mark norman uh i i kind of find myself intertwined with like the dark humor side of comedy like the jessel nick the segura the kind of like ooh punch Andrew schultz yeah where what kind of comedy style kind of appeals to you most like where oh okay so yeah no i don't really have one strict topic but yeah no now that i'm like so when i start i would kind of just like i said i'd notice stuff at starbucks notice stuff at the gym i started out when i first started writing i started writing observational comedy mm-hmm. and just like stuff that i noticed um and then like also like when i first just thinking about like my first act that i ever did that i ever wrote and like i first started and then i started also is self-deprecating humor i love making fun of myself and so does and then people think you make fun of yourself you're not attacking anybody else like and then that also works so like when i first started out it was really like self-deprecating and observational humor like definitely observational but i like to think of my humor as dark humor like the most i would consider that my favorite type and refer to myself as darker so like the more i've gotten better at writing like the past four or five sets i've had were like dark like the last set i just did wednesday yeah, I made a Britney Griner joke. That was just <laughs> <laughs> made a Britney Griner joke. I said like, "Hey, did anybody um anybody catch the WNBA All Star game last weekend?" Nobody said anything. I said, "Yeah, me neither. I'd rather watch paint dry." And then, like, <laughs> and, and then I went, and then I was like, and then I said, "Oh, uh, so uh, it's kind of a shame that Britney Griner couldn't make it though, huh?" And then that just uh, just people were just like, "Oh my god!" And That's then I just funny. had like. I had like a minute longer of just going on and on about how like I was like the chicks got balls though and then just like the crowd was not feeling it mm-hmm. they were just not with it they were not crowd was not feeling the pretty grinder jokes like okay a little too soon found the line don't cross it <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of like the essence of comedy is like walking that fine line between yeah, no, like that's, okay that's and not okay favorite. I wrote that down too and I was like oh man I just love doing it I love towing the line seeing how far I can get with the crowd before they really turn. And so like when I first said that, for example, when I said the Brittany Griner joke, like when I said the WMA All-Star thing, that was like, ooh, and I got some laughs. And then I said the Brittany Griner thing, that was like, ooh. And then like I kept going and everybody was just like, they were scared to laugh. They were like, I don't know if somebody's going to hit me for laughing. But I was like, yeah, I'm the one saying it up here. Then. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tricky as like a newer comic to kind of go down that route where you, yeah, that's you walk what that really, line. Because that was, so I would always have written, so when I, even when I first started writing comedy and stuff, like I wrote, I've written controversial shit, but like I'd never gotten the balls to just do it, you know, to like get out there and actually perform it. I just never, I was like, I want the crowd on my side, you know, I want them all like to be in agree with me. And like, I still love the crowd on my side, but then I realized, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go up there and do it. You know what? Like you never got it. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. I'm just going to do it. You know, like I was like, this Britney Griner thing's too good. I was like, I love this joke. It's a good joke. It's too easy. I don't get how people haven't made fun of this before. Got on stage quickly realized why people have not done that before. It's way too soon. And then like, I just realized I was like, especially when I'm just starting out, People are just coming to see me in their free time. They're not paying to come see me. They don't really want to get their uh, beliefs tested. They kind of want to <laughs> just yeah. come and laugh. They don't really want to get, you know, hear the truth, I guess. It's a tricky spot because, <laughs> like, man. where Chappelle can kind of go on stage and just make the jokes that he yeah. does, it's, you know, p- people can be like, okay, well, it's Chappelle. Of course, he's going to make these funny jokes. But going on stage yeah. as a newer comedian, it's a little tricky because you don't have that background of people knowing kind exactly. of what your comedy is like so if you go up there and you're like hey grinder and then they're like oh okay <laughs> and you, you kind of catch them off guard yeah, it's it hard was, to get that audience so back funny. i i thought it was funny because like 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 all the i went three comics went before me they were just i mean that's the thing with open mic like 
you'll have some people that go there. I mean, I had a whole act written out, I timed it out five minutes. I was like, I know where all my punches are going to be. Like, I know this, I know where all this is. Like, I just timed it out, turned it out. But then I had some people that were before me that were reading off notes and just like they were not. And then I went up there and then like just did one joke that like it killed. And then I did the Britney Griner thing. They were like, oh my God. And then did like two other ones. And then like the lady who was hosting it was like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to follow that. Uh, like, cause everybody was like scared to laugh. So I was yeah. like, okay, well. And then I realized after it, I was like, all right, well, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm trying to get noticed and trying to make as many people as I can laugh. So maybe stay away from the controversialness now and just do some shit jokes that everybody likes. Yeah, definitely. Um, that that kind of leads me into like my next question. Other than the Britney joke, have you ever really like bombed on stage? And if so, like, what's that like? Oh yeah. So like, just disclaimer here: the Britney Griner joke didn't bomb. It got <laughs> yeah, yeah what i was looking for it got all for but i was just expecting there was one old man in the back who thought it was hilarious was <laughs> of course ass <laughs> one old drunk guy that was laughing his ass off and i was but like i'm not trying to make one old drunk guy laugh so yeah but um yeah so so i've i've only bombed once where i've gone up there for like five minutes and not one single laugh like I've only wow. gone up there once and not one single laugh. Every other time I've gone up there, I've at least gotten some hits. Like at least gotten some jokes that I've gotten laughed. But I've been doing it for like six, seven months, and I've only bombed once. And it was like five. And then it was like so. The first three or four times I went up, the first time I went up, I killed. Like literally killed. <laughs> like my buddy. Like the first every time I went up, it was just like places erupting. Like everybody's laughing their ass off at the open mic. It was great. And I and then I was my buddy was supposed to video it. And I was like, dude, did you video it? I was like, I I was so nervous. I like blacked up on blacked out on stage. I don't even remember what I said. And he's like, dude, I was so nervous for you. I forgot. I didn't video it. I was like, are you kidding me? You asshole. Oh, but then man. like the first, like the first like three times, the ones I posted on Instagram, like the first, those are like the second and third time up on stage, the ones I put on Instagram. But um, yeah, so the first so Probably like the time I bombs like the sixth or seventh time I'd say on up on stage and I was just like okay I've done this four or five times in my life and every like pretty much every joke I've had people have laughed like it's gotten a big laugh like everything I've had so like I was like okay everything that I think's funny everybody else thinks funny so I was mm-hmm. just writing all this shit just shit that I thought was hilarious not a <laughs> second not a single laugh and then like you keep, you're just like, okay, this next one will hit, you know, I'll get them with the next third one, not laugh. Like when you hit five minutes, like at a normal open mic, hit you with a the light. They're like shine a light and you're like, okay, like wrap it up. It's time to get off. Hit me with the light. I have not gotten a laugh. I'm like, okay, I'm going one more. And I was like, okay, I got to get a laugh with this one. Not a single laugh. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, I was like, and the worst part is I had like four of my friends there that I was like, dude, you couldn't have, you couldn't have thrown your boy a you saw me yeah. dying up there you couldn't have helped them out they were like oh no dude i thought that one was funny i was like what the hell is your problem yeah. I'm like are you my friend or not like what's going on yeah and, so, and then like one of my friends was videoing it front row and he didn't want to laugh and i was like you, you guys are assholes and then like i'll show them video like i'll show like them the video and they're like oh that one was funny man like that one should have gotten more love i was like dude you were there what the fuck's your problem <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that's gonna be. My bomb, but that's gonna be yeah. so tough, though. I can't imagine just getting off stage and being like, "It's Damn. tough." It's tough. I yeah, no, it's been like you just the longer for me, especially the longer I go without a laugh, the harder it is to stand up there. You know. Oh yeah. The more laughs I get, the louder laughs I get. Like I always try. I mean, everybody always says like when I first started doing stand up, and I was like, "How do I get like a five minute act going?" like just looking up some tips on YouTube and everything. Like they say, like, just like try and get a laugh as soon as possible, you know, try and get a laugh as soon as possible. Try and like get a laugh every 20 seconds or so, you know? And so like, you don't go that long without a laugh. And I was like, is the truest thing that I, anybody that's trying to get up, you know, or trying to do it. That's one thing I would say, like, don't like try, start out, try to do like long story favorite comedies. Like then like Burt Kreischer's really good at it. And like some other people are really good at just doing long stories and then like they hit you with something at the end. It's really funny. And I try to do that, but I'm like, dude, I've got 
took basically realized I've got five minutes. I'm trying to get a lot of laughs, not one long story and one big laugh, you know? So yeah. like the more laughs I get, the better the confident, the more confidence I have and the better the whole thing is, the more laughs I get, you know? Yeah, I bet it's pretty hard to walk that fine line of like, how many stories can I tell? How many jokes can I get in? And trying to balance everything. Yeah, so now that I'm getting, I recently just started getting with writing. Like I've been writing so much and then I've recently just started better at writing punchlines. And so now I'm like, I'll take a story and then just like completely just make up. I mean, I when I first started out, I was like, okay, like I don't want to get up there. I want to get up there and tell stuff that actually happened to me, you know, and it wouldn't be as funny. Now I'm just, you know, I was like, okay, I just want to laugh. So like, I just completely like write punchlines, stuff that didn't happen, you know, who cares? And so I just write punchlines and just like, I'll write something down, keep it. I want to keep it to like a minute, a minute, 30 seconds max, and then just go through and like punch it up. Just like make it funny. They rewrite. Now, I remember you saying that your, your buddies were in the, the, uh, like the crowd. How did the people around you, react to you saying hey i'm gonna go up and start doing comedy like what was your family how did your family react to that oh, how did your friends um, i really have not had anybody be not supportive literally everybody pretty much is like that's awesome i'm very grateful for that like everybody's so supportive like especially like you i didn't even really know you that well and then you said you saw me like then you're awesome and then you dm me like it was great like that's pretty much everybody has been supportive um and like that's kind of like I grew up in a household like a like a big comedy household like it's never been like I never grew up in a household where it's like fuck this shit that like you know <laughs> never grew up in a very like free household so like that was a little but then like they saw me actually doing it like I first, like I show my dad every single one of my videos that I've ever done he mm -hmm. loves it and like my family loves it they all love it but like all my friends could not have been more supportive like they're just like they all come out they think great like would form like at the brewery in Greenville where I started like all my friends would come out they'd say it's so awesome like that literally is like kind of what probably kept me with it because like everybody was so supportive like if I was doing it I probably would still be doing it I guess I definitely would still be doing it because I'd probably have more of a fuck them attitude you know mm -hmm. like I'm gonna keep doing this but um yeah so like all my friends being so supportive and coming out and they'll they'll give me I'll be like oh what did you think of this and they'll be like oh dude like it was great or they'll be like I'm like dude tell me if it sucks like tell me if it's funny tell me what I think like because you don't write stand-up you don't do stand-up I'm trying to appeal to you in the crowd you know and mm -hmm. they'll all have good they'll always have good feedback and some they'll be like it wasn't best like you get faster you need to do this better like and I'm just like all right cool appreciate it so like I really haven't had anybody that's not been supportive now it's as into it i've also never been heckled like not really once. never been heckled well that's uh not one that's i guess it could probably be a blessing and a curse myself here probably gonna get heckled wednesday but we're, <laughs> we're gonna there see man because like i've always uh i've I just never never been heckled. i don't know we're gonna see I, yeah. it'll definitely come at some point you know but, I'd be interested to see how you react to that the first heckle. So will I. So will I. I don't know. Well, all right. Let's let's hop back into things. Sorry about that brief hiccup. Um, so I think we're we good, left off good. on how how the people around you reacted. You said that there's a lot of support and your father primarily. You're showing him all your clips, and he was super supportive. Uh, what are some of the uh, like? What are some of the positive things that people have been saying? Like, have you been getting like a lot of support from mainly just one person or a group of people or? Um, I mean, yeah, from my dad, it's funny. He's like, he's just like, yeah, no, it's great, great, great. You speak truth all that. Like, you're speaking great. He's like, hey, Netflix pays 250K a special. Like, I was like, he's like <laughs> making jokes about it. Um, I was like, yeah, a lot. He's like, you're just material away. I was like, yeah, a lot more has got to do with it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so my dad's been pretty much my number one supporter. One of my great friends um, has as well. I mean, pretty much all my friends. I mean, what they're saying, they're just like pretty much the same stuff I was saying. It's just like, if you love doing it, what's the point? You know, like why, 
don't let anybody tell you not to do it. You know, as cheesy as it sounds, you know, if you love yeah. doing it, just do it until you stop having fun with it, you know? Yeah. I kind of feel that same way about this podcast where it's just like, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the kind of guy to go out in front of a camera and, and ultimately in front of an audience and speak, yeah. but you know, forcing myself to do this podcast and I'm not forcing myself to do it. I love doing it. I love talking. Yeah. Once I get into a conversation, I love having the conversation, but. Exactly. No, that's you know. how it kind of is with me with writing. Like I like, sometimes I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to write it. But then once I get into it and start writing like punchlines and stuff, I'm just like, Oh, I love the, I love doing this. Love getting into it. And, just that, and then like leading up to the moments of like going on stage, I'm like, especially with like one of your questions with like, what's been the, struggles so far like a struggle like because i used to just do it like when i was in college you know like i just could like i mean we do it at a brewery me and my friends would drink before i'd practice my material a couple of times it'd be fun we'd all like party afterwards and stuff and if we're doing it now i'm working eight to five every day and then like i gotta really want to do it after like you know like when mm -hmm. like and then wednesday it does start to eight o'clock so I'm sitting around and then like, and then I'm just nervous as well. And then I'm just like, kind of just like, oh man, I don't know if this is even worth it. Like, should I do it? And then once I'm on stage, I'm just like, okay, this is completely worth it. I love doing this. You know, I'm so glad I do it. Yeah. Likewise. I mean, the time change, I mean, a lot of the interviews that I've done are back on the East coast. So we have a three hour yeah. time difference and I work full time as well, Monday through Friday. So mm -hmm. coming back home and then, you know, I'll have an interview at six, but I get home at five, I got to jump in the shower clean yeah. up I, I get all dusty and dirty at work so i got i mean i work blue collar jobs so i get all fucking dirty and then putting on like a nice set of clothes and hopping on the computer and doing a professional <laughs> professional yeah. interview is you know you got to still really want to do it yeah and it's that that one yeah, no, sure. that kind of pushes you over the uh, the edge yeah um so kind of bouncing off what you just said what would be uh one of the biggest challenges that you say you're facing currently in your comedy career? What's a, what's a big so, challenge? Like I said, I mean, I said, um, it's not really a big challenge. Um, I thought it was going to be with working full time and then having the energy to do it. But honestly, like I write, like, I'm able to, I mean, I'm doing construction sales and I love doing what I'm doing. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I love doing what I'm doing, like selling, I'm talking to people all day. It's fun to do, pays the bills obviously. And like, it's fun to do. But then like, I'm able to write during the day and I can like work through material during the day. And then like, so I thought that it was going to be a big struggle. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have the energy to do it, like put a lot of energy into like my standup. But then I'm just like, once I first did it, I was like, okay, this is completely worth it. I love doing this. I don't know why I was looking at it even as like a hassle. I love doing it. So like, I thought that was going to be a big obstacle, but it's really not. Um, so the main place that I've been performing in Raleigh is the Raleigh Improv, which is like a big club. Oh, yeah. That was like the big, that was a big obstacle that I had. When I started in January until I left Greenville, like the middle of May. And so I was doing it every single Wednesday until in, from January till then. I'll do the same material. If I do different material, I'll do it every single Wednesday. So it was a set, set thing. My friends would come. It'd be great. And I'd be able, and I got like one of my best friends was able to video it every time. And so I could look at the video and just like tell, I was like, I don't really like my mannerisms. I don't really like how I'm looking at, like I just could like analyze it, overanalyze it and fix it the next time. For this Raleigh Improv, they forbid videoing. I can't video really? it at all. Can't, they don't let you video at all. That's and so like shady. last time, and like about a month ago, um, this girl I was talking to, she was in town and I got her to come and like she was able to um, voice record it. Like, cause like sneak it in and voice record. I could listen to the voice recording of it, but I was so used to, you know, just like seeing the video and seeing how like the crowd reacted to different stuff. And then like, they said that they video it all and they send videos out. If you reach out to them, I reached out to them a month ago. They didn't fucking send me the video. <laughs> so like, so like, I was just like, all right, that, that's kind of an obstacle. Um, and that's the only place that really have done it consistently to do it the first and third Wednesday every month and then they cancel like a third Wednesday they've done it twice they've canceled them and I'm like all right and then so and then this past Thursday I've done it I did it at Comedy Works in Raleigh um and they let me video it there but they only do that one like last Thursday of every month so like so I'm kind of running into obstacles of like 
having to switch from consistently being able to do it every single Wednesday, knowing it's that thing, knowing the people that I'm going to be like doing it with that I was like comfortable with, you know, like I was comfortable with the host. They liked me. They knew I like some of the material that I was. And then like, I knew, I knew it was a college town too. So like mm -hmm. I'd lived there for four years. So I know some of the crowd and like, that was cool. Like my friends would come the brewery, drink if you want, walk back to our house. It was just a fun, just completely different thing. And now with having to transition to after, when I get off at work at five, drive to carry, which I mean, it's only 10 minutes, but it's like an hour from my house yeah. and then drive to carry, you know, and then just like sit there, wait for that, not being able to video it to, check my progress or check how I'm doing and then not getting out of there at 10 and then having to come home and then wake up at 6 a.m. for work again you gotta found out that I really wanted to do it you know mm -hmm. that's where I, it's kind of really tested myself of like I really want to do this or I'm just doing it for shits and gigs so yeah I mean I feel the same way about this podcast where it, it's tricky not being able to listen to yourself in your situation because I find myself I mean, every single, every single time I shoot, I listen to the podcast three times. I yeah. mean, even if it's an hour, I listen to it three times back to back. And I kind of just pick up on pieces. I'm like, okay, I wish I would have changed that here. I should, mm -hmm. you know, bounce off of what they say before asking the next question. So, you know, I'm yeah building and it. Like, really, I mean, it was really, it was more beneficial when I first started. Because like, I would just, I mean, it was just a lot of beneficial. Now I'm so grateful that I started where I did you know, with having like the environment I did with like my body videoing it and everything. I could like really big up when I just started, it can just like completely just get stuff out of my mind that I didn't want to do, didn't want to do on stage. So now that I'm in somewhere where I can't really video and it's a very professional environment, then I can like, I got to be able to voice record it. The voice recording of, well, I've only performed with Raleigh Improv like twice. And one time I couldn't even get somebody to voice record it. So like one time I had somebody voice recorded, it was nice to listen to, but like can't really on anything really from there. Cause I can't really watch myself because main thing I'm watching videos, like mannerisms, like stand up, literally everything you do, you and a mind. So literally everything that you do throws into like, it's a factor into how you're doing, you know, how much the crowd's laughing and everything. So like, just what you say is like a fraction, a big fraction, but a fraction of what. Oh yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. It's like, it's the same reason why football players watch film after a game. It's the yeah. same reason I listen to the podcast. Same reason you want to yeah. see. It's not just the, 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 the performance of what you're doing. It's how you do it and the way that you do it. So it's yeah. not, you know, just you saying the jokes, it's how you perform your body language and, it, yeah, most of the time when I get up on stage, I've gotten better at it, but like definitely the first couple of times, I'm like, I, I don't know what the hell. Like, I remember I, I know what I said, but like, I pretty much blacked out up there. Like, I don't really yeah. know what's going on. Like, especially when like Raleigh Improv is like a pretty big club. Once I make everybody laugh there, like, it's a roar of a laugh. So I'm mm -hmm. like, after I get that, I'm like, oh shit. Like, I just keep going off that. And then it's like, it's a great thing in the moment. But then, like, once I get off stage, I don't really know what's all going on, you know? Yeah, it's tricky because, you know, in the moment, you're not thinking about your hands in your pockets, you're mumbling, you're looking off to the side. Yeah. And being able to watch that footage, you can correct yourself and say, okay, take your hands out of your pockets. If you have a punchline, come out, be open about it. And, you know, yeah, it, it, making those different mannerisms make, make carry your jokes a lot further than just, you know, yeah. saying the joke. For sure. So that being said, where do you see yourself in five years? Where would you like to see yourself in comedy in your career in five years? So in five years, I would like to see myself, I mean, not working my day job and just completely being able to support myself just doing comedy and traveling somewhere. Um, I'm looking to move, I mean, out of Raleigh at some point, somewhere looking at Nashville, Austin, they're great cities for comedy and for like up and coming aspiring comics. I mean, LA, people think LA, New York, Chicago, definitely, I mean, they're the best for comedy in America, but for somebody that's not getting paid for comedy, that's like, you're in an oversaturated market. That's, that's oh, very yeah. hard to do. So in like that, in the next months into the year, looking to move to Austin or Nashville or a city like that. And, um, you know, it's still working my day job, transferring the branch over there, something like that. 
so working my day job like and then hopefully in five years time i'm able to just completely support myself with comedy getting paid being a regular being a regular at a club and then well yeah hopefully in five years time i guess being a regular at a club would be the main thing getting it being able to make a living pay my rent pay the bills with just doing stand-up just doing what i love doing stand-up making people laugh and then yeah hopefully hopefully in five years i'm able to be a traveling comic you know, being able to travel a country maybe the world even to just making money doing stand-up you know yeah definitely i mean following following the pursuit of happiness is kind of what this podcast is yeah, about exactly. it's kind of like the motto of my life where i i didn't go to college i just went straight into working on classic cars and hot rods it's it's what i like to do yeah. and i didn't i didn't necessarily need a degree to do it and not that college is completely out of the question i mean i still think about it sometimes but for what i want to do and for what i love to do it, it it that ultimately makes me happy at the end of the day being able to podcast and work on these classic cars and being able in five years to say oh i make money doing the thing that i love is all that I, anybody i think could ask for exactly mark twain so when i got into comedy i really like i mean i became a comedy just straight up comedy nerd and just looking at everything to do with comedy about like a year ago when I really started like thinking I could do this stand up and then like just told you like I was annoying my friends not much I was talking about it so I talked about Mark Twain had a quote that really stuck with me but apparently I don't know if you know but Mark Twain was in history is the first ever stand-up comic mm -hmm. in yeah, America definitely. and like he has a quote that really stuck with me he says do what you love to do so well that you get paid wages for it still working on the pages for it part but yeah try hard enough to make it happen it'll happen yeah i mean i feel that with the podcasting yeah i, I exactly. want to build it up big enough so that i can get advertisers and sponsors to you know not only just pay for the podcast but also pay for me to take a trip somewhere to film or to record with somebody who's made it or like a big person who'd be for this podcast and being able to sit next to them and have the podcast pay for it would be a, a huge exactly. deal and uh ultimately having what you love pay for your life to do that is a is a huge thing for sure uh so bouncing back to the questions what is the most important lesson that you've learned throughout your journey so far as a stand-up comedian uh i'm oh, so just talking about comedy specifically like yes. doing stand-up specifically or life lesson i guess yeah. uh i mean you can dip into both but primarily the comedy portion um so recently i mean so when i first started out doing it at a brewery and everything sometimes i would just get laughs because i'd say funny stuff i'd be speaking into a microphone and people would be drunk it wouldn't even matter really what i would say they just thought they were supposed to laugh mm -hmm. <clears throat> so like another obstacle i guess ties into this so now like if i don't really make people laugh i don't really say something funny they're not gonna laugh i'm just gonna yeah. say, and then so what i was telling you earlier um recently when i was just trying to go into dark humor like to touch on the britney griner joke and everything that was not the crowd for, the, <laughs> for that joke you know and so you really gotta um so a big lesson for me is like you really gotta cater to the crowd and when you're not getting paid for comedy you're trying to get paid for comedy. Mm -hmm. You want to make as many people laugh as you can and mm -hmm. really just cater to the crowd and give them what they want. Get the broadest level of comedy you can. A comic that's really good at that. Napar Gadsby's great at that. Like he's, a, I was saying, like he's like the type of comic that even your grandparents would find funny. And like he's great at that, just having like very agreeable comedy, you know? And mm -hmm. so like when I started out, writing that's kind of how it was it was like observational it was just very kind of vague i'm getting into more specific stuff now i'm kind of learning when i'm getting into more specific stuff not all of it is always agreeable and most of the time when it's not agreeable people that aren't paying to see you aren't gonna fucking laugh yeah yeah definitely yeah. i mean Nate and that's the end game you know that's what i'm trying to do make people laugh make people happier yeah, Nate's one of those kind of special comedians where he's not he he's does clean comedy, which is a really hard exactly. thing to do. That's the hardest I've found for me personally, that's the hardest to write. I love yeah. it 
like I, I was trying to make a point when like talking about like the comedians I compare myself to like I would love to be able to do comedy like that very clean comedy that's I personally think that's a whole nother art like art form to write that that like that's that oh 100 special different talent like that's insanely how like just the topic he talks about like everything that goes into his act is just insanely just well done yeah he plays it very methodically and the way he views comedy is a lot different than most comedians i mean they go out there and say piss shit fuck and they throw it in but yeah. he he knew that he was kind of saying those things and he challenged himself to say hey i want to be a clean comedian so that every he brought it in his audience he said i want to be a clean comedian so that everybody can listen to me and you know he he used he thought those words were fillers and so in order to better himself he would take those out of his 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 performance and put the in, in place put different words and i think that's really helped him grow as a comedian because he, i mean he is unbelievably funny and because that's he crazy. can touch he can touch to every single person that he like i said he, he can audience. make your grandparents laugh like it's yeah crazy he's, like, he's such a relatable com uh, comic i mean i've seen him three times in person and every really? single time yes i've seen him he's in coming wilmington all yeah i'm trying to go see him really oh, he's so yeah. i've seen him in raleigh i saw him in durham and i saw him in charlotte when he was doing the outdoor like theater performance he's going to a live oak in wilmington it's going to be outdoors i just saw rainbow kins prize there really and he's going there in august i'm trying i'm gonna get tickets yeah i mean he's absolutely hilarious and uh hey, have I'm you sure listened you... to this podcast I oh dude podcast I've li Nateland. i love it i've and listened to every Slay single episode yeah, yeah. Every single episode I've listened to, he's yeah. he's awesome, and uh, it's just so uplifting, you know. Yeah, it's 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 the people's podcast. It's just anybody can listen to it. It really is. It really is. Like I I want like a one part of me wants to get into that comedy, and another part of me is like very George Carlin's my favorite comedian of all time. He's oh my yeah, goat. Like he's my goat, and like that's why I I was kind of recently just turning the page, getting into controversial shit. Then again, I'm not getting paid for this at all. And I recently just realized that I'm like, all right, well, people don't really see some fucking 22 year old white get up there and talk about some controversial shit. They're not going to think it's funny. They're just going to think I'm an asshole. So mm -hmm. like, I'm recently just kind of starting to realize that. And I mean, a lot of my stuff is very like broad, like neighbor, like darker stuff, like controversials more. So like, I don't know just like obstacles stuff that you gotta really stuff that I, bridges that i'm just currently crossing right now you know mm -hmm. yeah um so going back to the questions once again who would you say has been your biggest inspiration throughout this process dude <laughs> honestly i wouldn't say that i wouldn't really have a median that would really, I would consider as my inspiration, you know? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't really say I have an inspiring comedian. Like I'd said, like Chris D'Elia and like Davidson were like two of like the first comics I ever saw myself in. So I guess you could say they, but then like once I really started gathering a taste for it, it was Chappelle, Bill Burr, Tom Segura, you know, I developed a taste for it. But then what really inspired me to get into it was, like, like I said, that one of my producers who actually is a traveling comedian and he who led the open mic nights, I was like, okay, like, I want to go check these out, you know, and see like what an open mic is. Like I write comedy, you know, I want to go check these out, see what the deal is. And I went and checked them out and I was just like funnier than these people, you know, I was like, I can do, I can do this shit. Mm -hmm. And like as arrogant or as cocky as it sounds, that's what I, had. I was like, you know what, like I could do this. Like they're, they're kind of just, like there's people going up there like reading off their phones, reading note cards. I was like, I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to blend a whole act together, go up there. And then I went up there and just like killed. So one of my best acts I've done. And I was just like, yeah, that's what inspired me most. I was just like, I kind of, like I said in the beginning, like I was always intimidated by somebody getting up and talking and that talking in front of that many people and having original material of all their stuff together. But then once I was doing it already for my major, I was like, I'm talking in front of 50, 100, 200 people on a daily, weekly basis. I was like, and I'm talking about stuff that I don't give a flying shit about. I was like, <laughs> if I talk about stuff that like my opinions, like stuff that I think's funny, 
most of the time when I talk, people laugh, people find it funny when I say stuff, my own opinions on stuff, as dumb as a person I am, people think it's funny. And so I was, you know what, like, whatever. If I get up there and it sucks, it sucks. But then I was like, all right, well, if I actually have something that I care about and want to put work into, it'd be funnier than I did. So I guess that seeing people that, seeing something happen that I always overestimated and then seeing it happen right in front of me, I guess that's what inspired me. Uh, I'm really a person. Yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic answer. Just kind of the broad selection of wanting to do comedy, I guess, is being your biggest inspiration. That That's a different outlook on it. It's yeah. pretty interesting. Um, well, to kind of close this out, I have this this one final question that I want to ask all my guests and it, it kind of tends to be a little bit of a stump, but I think it's an important question to kind of ponder on yourself. And uh, that question being what makes you a pretty good person? Um, pretty good person. I mean, I never really have a bad intentions for anybody. I never want to, I never want to be the person that makes people feel bad about themselves or anything. And from a comedy standpoint, in my 22 years of life, a lot of things have changed in my life. A lot of different aspects have changed my life. One thing, since I can remember since I was a kid, the one thing that constant in my life that I've loved doing is making people laugh. I've always loved making people laugh. It's one of my greatest joys in life. And I love making people laugh. Now that I'm actually doing it in a kind of a grand scale of things, it's my number favorite thing to do in life you know is mm -hmm. to i said like people aren't paying me to do this shit you know they're not paying me coming off of work working eight to fives like you and i are just doing it know, for the love of the game be able to you know make them laugh laugh at my pain laugh at anything you know be able to forget about their worries for a little bit and just laugh and have a good time and i like it kind of ties into your question you had about uh, why would comedy be important to me? Like comedy is important to me because I think really people in this world, <clears throat> people in this world, like especially nowadays, take themselves too seriously. I personally think. I think a yeah. lot of people take themselves too seriously. And I think everyone, especially, <clears throat> if everyone could take a step back and look at themselves, take a step back and laugh at themselves, laugh at situations, laugh at anything you know it just would make this whole world a better place and i think i'm pretty good at laugh making letting people laugh at my pain laugh at the world's pain and like when i'm like i said at the beginning you know like when i was when i'm trying to get into controversial topics about stuff I'm trying to like shed a funny light on it you know take a step back yeah. and the situations it's britney grinder situation for example situation's horrible but you know what what am I going to do about it? You might as well take a step back and laugh at it. It's a funny situation. Take a step back, find some enjoyment, find some enjoyment and even the darkest parts of life. I would say that's what would make me a pretty good person. Finding yeah. and even the darkest parts of life. I think that's a great answer. I mean, kudos to you for taking that, that risk of going on stage and putting yourself out there and saying the things that, a lot of people are scared to say um it definitely takes a different kind of breed of person to do that and i think you're you're the person to do that and uh definitely if i'm back in raleigh i would love to come check out your comedy sometime in person um, yeah man love to have you and i really loved having you on the, the uh zoom call today on I the love pod. talking about it dude anytime if you want a part two i'm here definitely yeah i mean like i, I always i want to i want to get a one-year growth of all my guests and kind of keep them on the podcast That'd be awesome keep track of their journey and see how close or how they're achieving their goals and what they've learned and what they wish they didn't do in the past year i think it's really important to keep kind of that that, that progress chart of what's going yeah, on that'd be and, awesome uh, be awesome well, cool. To close this out, I'd like you to plug all your social media, your upcoming events, you know, where people can find you. Uh, yeah, so I'm in Raleigh. Uh, this Wednesday, I'll be at the Raleigh. Um, it's in Cary. If anybody out there is local listening, it's in Cary. I don't know the address off the top of my head. Don't really care enough to look it up. Um, but yeah, where you can find my stand-up, 
trying to post as many videos as I can. But like I said earlier, I'm kind of at the point where I'm not really being allotted to take videos of my own comedy. I'm trying to post as many clips as I can about my stuff. So it's at Seabird Comedy, bird with a Y, Seabird Comedy on Instagram. That's pretty much where I'm at, where anything will be that I'm posting about comedy. Sounds good, Charlie. Well, I appreciate you yeah. coming on the podcast today, and I, I really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, yeah, I wish you well on your comedy adventures. I look forward to talking to you soon. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right, buddy. See you later.